0: Be seated. Today, we are going to take a look at that lengthy passage of Scripture that we just read. And it kind of sums everything up thus far. It kind of goes back to the very start on chapter 1, and it brings us full to a point where we're going to look at what Peter preached. He preached about one word. Justification. There's a big word. There's a a confirmation word right there, right? Well, guess what I brought today? The Luther Small Catechism. And we're going to peruse at least the definition of justification. Justification found on page 153 is this. The gracious act of God, by which a sinner, for Christ's sake, is declared righteous, without guilt, and free from condemnation. Let's put it into everyday words. Found not guilty. Okay? That's what it means. Found not guilty. Justified justification and that's what peter is preaching and when we look at this whole sermon the most beautiful eloquent sermon of a fisherman of the guy that denied knowing christ of the guy that was just a normal guy And when we take a look at this passage of Scripture, I really want to focus on verse 22 through 28. But when we look at this, we look at being found not guilty, and Peter has been an unstable leader. Let's talk a little bit about, about Peter first. He's been unstable. He's been an unstable leader during Jesus' ministry, and he's letting his bravado, his, 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 his manhood, be his downfall. Even denying that he knew Jesus back there in John chapter 18. But guess what? What does Jesus do in John chapter 21? He forgives him. This was a new concept to Peter. Peter was humbled. But most, but 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 bold in his in his in his confidence came out from the Holy Spirit when he was given the Holy Spirit. He was he was made a, a very powerful and dynamic speaker. Have you ever felt as if you've you've been so bad? Let me just ask you that you've been so bad or have messed up so so much that God could never forgive you, or you can't use me. Anyone ever feel that way? That's the one I can't. I can't give up, Lord. You have those, those ones in the back of your mind? Because you know, we talk about bringing the sins to the altar, and you hear me say, when you receive the body and blood, which is the true body and blood, that all your sins are forgiven. You hear me say it, right? I don't just do that, you know, just because I like to hear myself talk. I do enough of that. But what it is, it's, it's true. It's from Scripture directly. He has now bestowed upon you His holy body and blood, whereby He has made full satisfaction of all your sins. Peter, who walked and talked with the man, who was called out Peter Drop your stuff and come on. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Right? That's Peter. That went with the Lord hand by hand. And then when it got bad, I don't know. Do we have those sins? Well, I gave most of them. But I got that one. This is, this is the one you can't forgive. Do you have that one? Maybe you have a whole bag full. These are super bad. I can't let you have these, Lord. It's that same Peter... who stood up boldly and proclaimed the gospel. Peter tells the people they should listen to the testimony of the believers because the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus had been entirely fulfilled in him. Because Jesus is the true Messiah and because he did rise from the grave, Jesus could change their lives. He could help you find, be found not guilty. Let's take a look at what he preached. Ready? Here we go. We're jumping down to verse 22 and 23. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through Him in your midst... Just as you yourself know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, and you nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Ow. Can you imagine that sermon? You low down dirty rat. All of y'all. Probably didn't have a southern twang to it. (laughs) South Judea? No. He got up and said, It's you. Guess what, church? It's you. It's me. Peter, the one that stood up and was the worst of the worst, is now standing up and telling him, You are bad. You killed him. You nailed him to the cross. You marched him through the town. You whipped him. You beat him. You allowed this to happen. Because you're a sinner, you're found guilty. Guilty as charged. Can you imagine that sermon? Guess what, he's not going to get on TV. Not with that message. He just called everybody out. You just call us a bunch of murderers, a bunch of hypocrites, a bunch of philanderers, slanderers, whatever, mean people. You just committed the ultimate sin, the sin that when we were given the law by Moses, you couldn't even do any of them. He's talking to not just a couple people, he's talking to the whole Jewish nation and the Roman government cuz they're all found guilty. Every single one was found guilty. Everything that happened to Jesus was under God's control, but his plans were to never dis- dis- disrupt his plans were never disrupted by the government or the Jewish officials. This is a specifically comforting to in those facing oppositions during the time of the early early church. They knew these things, is what I'm saying. And they knew that things happened and they witnessed it. As we read further, they witnessed everything. Can you imagine John? Can you imagine? This is John. John's sitting there too. The one he said take care of my mom. Brother, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. And Peter's telling John the same thing. He said, you nailed him to it. You killed him. It wasn't just a couple people he was talking to. This is what happened. It's what the action of his foes. We are his foes. We are found guilty. His predetermined plan. What was his predetermined plan? We all know the verse, we've said it a lot John 3 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For he did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world, to find it not guilty. He's he's, he's preaching out of experience. And I love that. You've been around me now for a year and a half. You know I like to talk about experiences. Experiences. Almost every, well no, not almost, every sermon happens on Sunday morning when I'm preaching and there is a lot of the week that has happened in it. Why? Because it was lived and it's real. Here Peter's doing the exact same thing. He saw this whole thing. He saw that everything happened from the beginning to the end. He saw him even to the point where he saw him raise again from the dead and then ascend into heaven. Amen, sister. But you know what the next thing is he talks about? He talks about being filled with the Spirit. The only reason I can say this is because the Spirit lives inside of me. The only way that this can be me, Peter, fishing man, guy, stinky, weird, kind of short, grizzly. I'm thinking he was short, grizzly, kind of chunky. You know, that's just my own thing. That's just me. Yeah, I inserted a few things. Okay, whatever. You've read books where you think of somebody and go, and then you see movie and go, that's not him. Mm-mm. Tony Boy Curtis does not look like that. Some of you haven't read The Outsiders or seen the movie. I have them both. You can read them. But anyways, <clears throat> here, we see, here we see something really, really important. That at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released throughout the entire world to every man, to every woman, to every Jew, to every Gentile, to everyone. Now, everyone can receive the Holy Spirit that was a revolutionary thought in those days. Because now we get to see the next thing, the next step. We see all the things that the foes did to him, but now we see the action of the Father, verses 24 through 28. But God raised him up, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, therefore, my heart was glad, and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope because you will not abandon my soul to Hades nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life and you make me full of gladness with your presence. They received the Holy Spirit. Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled it. And God said, I will come true on my promise and I'm sending a helper why is it significant it's significant because of this it was impossible for death to keep Jesus in its grip Peter spoke about only about the resurrection as Peter preached the events of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection were still not, new, were, was not hot news, but, or the still was hot news, sorry, less than, less than two months old and Jesus' execution had been carried out in public before many witnesses. His empty tomb was available for inspection just a short distance away. Peter preached that. If Jesus had not been resurrected, the authorities could have produced his body and put an end to all the craziness. But Peter and the the apostles had witnessed the risen Jesus Christ, the changed men, and they announced the news with great passion and conviction. They had zeal, they had power. Do you want want to know something? I love to preach. Love it. Not because it gives me a rush, but because God is taking over me and saying, I want you to look at this person at that point. I want you to say these words. I want you to to give it all. To have zeal. Because you know what? I was Peter. I was him. I was Saul. I was the biggest sinner of all. I didn't care about anybody else. I still have friends go, yeah, you're still a pastor. Hmm. Wow. You must be a really good salesman. That's not me. I go back and listen to stuff that the ser- the sermons we've done, who Where'd you come up with that? Because I didn't. Peter stood up and said, "Here it is. And I' not gonna, I'm taking the gloves off because this is what I saw. Peter showed them, the actions of the foes, the negative, those that were found guilty. Then he also shows the actions of the Father. Peter and the apostles had witnessed Jesus Christ risen from the dead. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to get to that in just a second. But we're going to take, according to the Apostle Paul, the, 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 the resurrection of Jesus Christ meant that He is the Son of God and that, he, that, 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 that His words can be trusted. It means that, that His sacrifice for sin was acceptable to God so that we can completely be forgiven to be found not guilty. It means that our Savior is alive and He's at easy active and He's able to help us in the time of our needs. But then he starts talking about what David wrote. Why is that there? Why is that little, those little verses there? Well, let's, let's take a look over here centuries ago, but we're going to look at Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter, no, yeah, Psalm 16, not 68. Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. It's the exact same things right here in Psalm chapter 16 are being put in, dropped right into his sermon in Acts chapter 2. Peter quoted from Psalm 16, a psalm written by David, and he was explaining that David was not writing about himself. He was not writing about anything because David died. David died and was buried. He did not rise again. Instead, he was writing as a prophet who spoke of the Messiah who would be resurrected, and the emphasis here is guess on who? Starts with a J, ends in an S. Say it again. Thank you. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. The emphasis on Jesus. The emphasis on what he did at the grave, that his body did not lay there and rot. It was resurrected and it was glorified. So now, 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 let's run over. There we go. Let's run over to Acts or, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. I love this part. This is, this is the coolest part. Okay, here we go. Now, First Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one through four. Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which is also in you, which you also received, in which also you stand, by which you were all saved. If you hold fast, Fast the words which I have preached to you, unless you believe it in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, that what I what I also received, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, and that He was buried, and that He raised on the third day according to Scripture. Jump down to verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace towards me did not prove vain. But I labor even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. Here's the take home. Peter preached it. Paul preached it, and Jesus delivered it. Guess what it's called? Justification. Saved by grace. Saved, found not guilty, because Peter first starts off his sermon with guilty. He shows all of the sins. Shows all the negatives, but then the same one that he just said guilty to, he walked right over and said, you're my brother, you're not guilty. That was Peter's sermon, and it was real because he lived it. We're doing a thing called taking it to the streets. We're taking it to the streets, the exact same message. Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, risen again, set on the right hand of God the Father. So, this is the fun part. This is when you can stand up, come forward, and bow to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Say, here are the things, Lord. Here are the things, here's my bag of tricks that I have not given up. I lay them them at the altar. And I'm not gonna pick them up, they're yours. That's what you get to do next. If you have those things in your heart that you know you need to confess we talked about this today in confirmation. The circle of, of of the circle of life is really what it is. Right with God, starting the rebellion, completely wrong with God. Repentance, restoration. Come be restored. Come be found not guilty. Give your heart to Jesus Christ. You hear it? Let's pray. Father God. Father God, Lord, I love you. Lord, I am sorry for the things I have done, for the, 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 the sins I commit. And Lord, I lay them at the altar, and I say, please, Lord, forgive me. And I know that you say in your scripture that if I believe and ask for forgiveness, you will forgive. And so, Lord, I'm asking now that you wrap your arms around me and love me right where I'm at and find me not guilty in your precious holy name I pray in Jesus name amen